0: Grace and love everyone. Hello, and welcome back to the 15th episode of State the Obvious. I'm your obvious host, Avi Grace. Today we are continuing our liberating gospel series and we are going forward to work our way back. We're going to Galatians 5 and we're going to come back to Genesis 1 and we're going to tie it together with the idea of a basic holiness. A basic holiness. We're going back to the basics on this episode of State the Obvious, but first, let's start with some prayer. Creator, Redeemer, and Sustainer, God who is within us and who is around us, who is directing our steps and who is guiding us with grace and patience, we thank you for this day. We thank you for blessing us. We thank you for this podcast, for everyone who will listen. We ask you to help us open up our hearts, open up our minds, help us receive your word, fresh revelation, fresh rhema, that someone's life may be impacted for the better, that chains may be broken, ideologies may be set free, oh God, and may we see you bigger and may we see ourselves as good. Amen. Hello, Today we're talking about a basic holiness, and for this we're going to go to the message version of the sacred text that is called the Bible, and we are going to Galatians 5. And I want to read just a little bit. It's talking about the fruits of the Spirit, and this is what this translation says. But what happens when we live God's way? Love brings gifts into our lives much the same way that fruit appears in the orchard. Things like affection for others, exuberance about life, serenity. We developed a willingness to stick with things, a sense of compassion in the heart, and a conviction that a basic holiness permeates things and people. We find ourselves involved in loyal commitments, not needing to force our way in life, able to marshal and direct our energies wisely. Going back up. We develop a conviction that, is that a basic holiness permeates things and people. And if you were with us last week, then you know that Galatians 5, that the idea of Genesis 1 rather, is that God looked at all that God had created over the first five days of creation and God saw that it was all good. And on the sixth day, when God made humanity, God saw that humanity was, quote, very good. So if you tie in Genesis 1, very goodness with the fruit of the spirit, that is a basic holiness, we come to the understanding that there is still in the old covenant, new covenant, new covenant, Old Testament, New Testament, that a basic Holiness or a basic goodness. It is the common thread that unites all of creation, all cultures, all ethnicities, all walks of life, all varieties and diversities have this common goodness, this holiness, this. Divine nature applied, this DNA, if you will, that God is in all of it and that all of it is good. Am I saying everyone does all good things all the time? No. Am I saying that it excuses people's behavior? No. Am I saying that people cannot be racist and be sexist and be phobic and being prejudiced? No, people have those tendencies. But all of those tendencies, I believe, are nurtured. They're not natured. No one is born hating another person. No one is born wanting to steal from another person. No one is born wanting to dominate another person. When we come into this world, we come into this world with a blank slate, and it is our community. It is our family. It is our guardians who raise us up. And and yes, I believe in the sacred text, that says train up a child in the way that they should go. But we also must understand that it's not just the parents training up. It's the teachers. It's what they see on TV. It's what it's it's in what we don't say. It's in the ideologies that someone is lesser class because they have less money or because they weren't born with this last name or in that zip code. Sometimes we go through things and we we don't know that we're instilling hatred for others or elitism or egotism or snobbish ways just to be frank. But we are. Sometimes we don't know that we're Showing and demonstrating homophobic and misogynistic and transphobic tendencies to our children. But some of the jokes that we think are funny aren't are more hurtful than hilarious. You understand some of the words that we use to describe people, the car- the colorful language. It's not a description as much as derogatory comments. And our children are watching so they don't understand. So when they grow up, they, oh, I do it this way because my granddaddy and my grandpappy, uh, we go to this church because our grandmother went to this church. And we pray like this because this is how we were taught. Or we can't be with N-words. We can't be with C-words or Q-words. We can't. We can't. We back the police because that's what we're taught. And even if they... And and, and even if they kill a black man, that's a black man. That's not a white man. So it doesn't hurt as bad. And even though we may never say the words out loud, if I'm being honest, we may never allow ourselves to actively say those words or post them on Facebook or because one, they are politically incorrect and they're not popular. We still can carry the tendencies, the ideologies of superiority. And that's what I want to break down for just a few minutes, if you will. One thing that I will say about Hitler and the story of the Holocaust, specifically being someone who studied the diary of Anne Frank in school, is what shocked me and what really Shaped my faith from an early age because we, because because we studied it multiple times in my coming up, but we studied it mainly in the seventh grade. That's when you, back then, that's when you studied Anne Frank and you studied the Civil War. It's to be not the Civil War, but the World War and the Holocaust. And you spent time between social studies and li- and a uh, uh, literature reading up about it. And one thing that we read about. Was the literature that we read about was the diary of this 12-year-old Jewish girl in Germany who was in an attic with several of her family members. Oh, God, I can't even think about that. But she was in kind of like isolation, kind of like quarantine. The only difference is we can't go home. We can't leave our homes out of fear of a disease. She couldn't leave her home out of fear of of a disease called racism and called prejudice because the Jews were being hauled away to internment camps and to concentration camps. They were being hauled away to their deaths, some of them, many of them. So they were up in the attic having a quarantine trying to live their life and they see that they're for quite a while and sadly eventually the Nazis did find them and they were shall I say dealt with but one thing that was captured that was remained was the diary of this little girl this 12 year old young woman and She said at the very end of her diary something that really sparked this debate of goodness. Someone by so many standards who had every right to see the harm in humanity, every right to see the hatred in humanity, every right to see the devil in humanity, if you will. What she said really shocked me because she said, I still believe that people are good at heart. Oh, when I tell you that opened my eyes, I was in class and got watery in my eyes because of someone who had every right to say, no, people are bad, people are this, this, and that. I still believe People are good at heart. I don't know about you, but I've I've been laughed at in my life. I've been talked about Vicky Wine has said it best. I've been bruised, screwed, talked about, shows are born. I've been picked out to be picked on. Talked about out of friends' mouths. And I know what that's like. And sometimes it makes you seeing the worst in people makes you forget the good. But I dare you to remember that there is good, even in the people who get on your nerves, even in the people that you know you're not, you know that you don't want to be around them. Ah, there's something I said right there, but you have to love them from a distance. I don't want to give you a front row seat to my life. You don't have access to the VIP in my life, but there is still a basic holiness in you. And I'm not going to disrespect you. I'm preaching a little bit. I'm not going to disrespect you because I see God in you. Oh, you are a beautiful creation of God. One of my churches said, and then they evolved into saying, I see God in you. My spiritual leader, he he has picked up the phrase and I love it. The, the, the presence of God in me blesses the presence of God that is in you. I see God in you. And when we really capture that, I can't talk bad about you because I see God in you. I'm not going to condemn you because I see God in you. I'm going to take care of the planet because I see the presence of God on the planet. I see the basic holiness in the rainforest. I see the holiness of the rainforest, the sacredness. The, the, The sanctity, rather, of the baby. I see the sanctity of the ocean. I see the sanctity of the air that we breathe. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, Scripture says. The Scripture says that we are his people and the sheep of his pasture. We are the creation of the creator. And the creator implanted, impregnated us with not just greatness, but holiness. We don't have to do anything to get holy. We are. ha, Yeah, I felt that we are holy. We are holy because we were created holy. By God. To glorify, to magnify, to reflect the holiness of our creator. Take that with you today. I know we will make mistakes. I love how the, um, the founder of the famous Amos Cookies, his name evades me, but I was listening to his interview one day and he said, it's not mistakes. It's mistakes. Sometimes we just mistake. We miss a take. it's like you miss a step, you miss a take but it doesn't define you I'm not a mistake just because I've made a mistake uh, hallelujah I'm not a lost cause just because I've gotten lost before that's something good You can't throw me away just because I've thrown opportunities away. Just because I haven't lived up to my full potential doesn't mean my life is over. Oh, I love it. I was on Facebook and I saw a mutual friend. I saw a friend of a friend speak to a mutual friend and they on her post. And she had all of these beautiful interior design photos and saying that she had done all, excuse me, all of these interior designs. And she said... And the person said to her, you should have been an interior designer. And the lady said, I'm, I still can be. I'm not through yet. Oh, I love that. I still can be whatever I want to be. I can do whatever I want to do. I can have what I want to have. I'm getting off subject. But I, I felt like someone needed that to hear that. It's not over. If you're breathing, that's your gift. It's called the present. And you being present in this present is the greatest gift anyone could ever give you. It beats a million dollars. A million dollars is nice. But you can't do nothing with a million dollars if you're not breathing. So remember that. You are holy. And there's nothing that can make you more holy, less holy. You are holy. And for those of you who say, well, that was before the fall and after the fall, I'm going to get into that next time. But I want you to understand that you are holy because God says so. Thank you so much for listening to the 15th episode of the first season of State the Obvious. It is my pleasure to come and just present just some of the musings that God gives me throughout the week and throughout the day. There is so much more, and I know it may seem small, it may seem minute, but just a little bit of yeast... It just takes a little bit of yeast to level the whole loaf, and it just takes a little bit of faith to move a mountain. Trust me, God is getting the word out. We are God within us is moving and getting the word out. The creator is creating beautifully through this platform, and I pray that you're blessed. Until next time, as always, may you always live in peace, in grace, and in love. God bless is my prayer.